Good afternoon and welcome to Talk to Be Well. This is our special International Youth Day broadcast. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson, Chief Executive of Behavioral Health for Providence here in Oregon and Clinical Liaison to the Wellbeing Trust, whose mission is to improve the mental, social, and spiritual health of the nation. As a reminder, the information provided during this event is for educational purposes only. It is not intended, nor is it implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice. If you have any questions regarding medical conditions or treatment plans, please consult your primary care provider. Participating in this event does not create a doctor-patient relationship. Let's get going today. I am so excited to welcome our guests. Joining me are Gabby, Frida, and Joey, representing the organization's youth line, hashtag I can help, and work to be well, respectively. Welcome to Talk to Be Well. So to get us started, I would love for each of you to go around and tell us briefly about the organizations you volunteer with, a little bit about yourself, and why is it so important to you to become involved in issues related to youth mental health? So Frida, why don't you kick us off from hashtag I can help. Hey everyone, I'm so happy to be here today speaking to you all. Um, I'm Frida, I live in New York City and I'm 13 years old. And Hashtag I Can Help is a nonprofit organization which our mission is to celebrate youth innovation, empower student change makers, and promote digital safety. We are all student led and have a team of specialists and interns from four different countries and 17 states and have over 150 volunteers and we are constantly expanding. Wow, thank you, Frida. Gabby, why don't you tell us a little bit about Youthline and, and what brought you there? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Gabby, I use she, her pronouns, um, and I'm currently the outreach intern at Youthline. So Youthline is a peer-to-peer -peer crisis line and we answer calls, texts, and chats from youth um, all over the world at this point who are in crisis. Um, and there's no, there's no problem that's too big or too small for us, so people reach out um, about a variety of things, ranging from school stress to relationships um, to suicide and self-harm. So uh, we take all kinds of contacts from um, everywhere. And yeah, um, all of our volunteers are young people. So we're able to support people um, coming from that peer-to-peer -peer standpoint and um, just offer like, you know, a, a level basis with um, potentially more understanding about the issues that our contacts are going through because oftentimes we're also going through some similar problems. Awesome. Joey, why don't you tell us about Work To Be Well? Hi, I'm Joey. Uh, I'm gonna be a senior at uh, Bend High in Oregon this year. Um, I joined Work To Be Well last year. It's a program about uh, like, empowerment and wellness of teens. Um, it started in Oregon, but we're hopefully expanding through the nation, hopefully. Um, basically, we try to help give out free curriculum, resources, and access to information that can help teens, parents, um, and teachers talk about topics that are difficult to discuss and things that have a lot of stigmas around them so that hopefully we can break those stigmas and show that mental health is just as important as physical health. These sound like some really great organizations that I think people are gonna to wanna to learn a lot more about. Frida, let's start with you. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the hashtag I can help curriculum and, and how did you develop this? 
Yeah, of course. Uh, the hashtag I can help curriculum is very relatable and relevant, up to date, necessary, but still fun for students to be able to learn it. Uh, our curriculum is made with students to get our input and perspectives to make it student friendly and relevant, as I said before. And it's, uh, it has so many amazing lessons that are super important topics that students should be learning about. And it actually, our story of I Can Help started and how we started joining um, and combining our curriculum was with a simple Facebook page in 2011 where our co-founder Kim was working at a school and uh, the Facebook page was about a teacher and it had thousands of followers. It became a school-wide drama and it was it took 14 days to take it down. It was uh, sending a lot of negativity online but a year later the same page was created in a different owner but this time the students took it down in less than 45 minutes with the help of Kim and the teachers sharing on how to respond to negativity, which showed us that we have to create a curriculum that is relevant and for students to be able to learn about how they can respond to all this negativity. That's really, really interesting. I mean, it's it, hashtag I can help sounds like a, a really great program that that really stepped into that void in the social media space when you started to recognize things like bullying were happening. Yeah, definitely. It's very important to talk about these topics, as you said, yeah. Awesome. Gabby, can you tell us about Youthline and what makes Youthline different than, than other crisis lines? Yeah, absolutely. So the really special thing about Youthline is um, the fact that all of our volunteers are also young people. So, um, you know, especially now with all of the changes that coronavirus has brought on, there are so many experiences that are so specific to youth. Um, and, you know, something like, you know, missing a graduation or missing your senior prom, like people are experiencing this in mass, you know, all across the country and the world. And so, now more than ever, it's really special that we have this place where young people can connect to other young people um, and be able to share their experiences and get support because, you know, something like missing a senior prom for an adult, like, you know, of course that, I mean, that, you know, sounds bad, sounds sad, but um, uh, like when, when, you know, your senior prom was 20 years ago, it's like, you know, maybe the importance has kind of faded with time for you. So, you know, it's not as fresh in your mind. And, you know, older people aren't able to empathize um, as easily with young people about the things that they're experiencing. So, um, I mean, that's really, you know, at the heart of our work is that peer to peer connection. That's super cool. So, Joey, can you talk to us about the team mental health bill that worked to be well was able to pass in Oregon? How did that originate and, and how did you guys get that done? Uh, yeah, so that basically started with a few of the students who were on the board last year. Um, I know that they were inspired by the Parkland shooting that had happened and they saw how um, teen movement came out of that and how much teens and young people were able to change the political scene. And so they went to summer camp and they basically asked everyone to brainstorm a bunch of ideas of things that they felt could be fixed, ideas to get those things fixed. And from that, they got the idea of starting the mental health bill, 
which basically makes it so that any Oregon student has five days every three months that they can take for either sick days or mental health days. Um, and yeah, so they basically, they drew up the bill with the help of um, you, I'm pretty sure, and some <laughs> lobbyist friends. Um, and once they found a representative to help sponsor their bill, it was basically up to them to pub like make give publicity and show how it would be really helpful. And once they got it passed, it was all smooth sailing from there. That's that's awesome. That's absolutely awesome. And yeah, I it's just a little bit of help in there, but it's it's good to hear it from your perspective. Um, you know, um, in that same in that same vein, um, I want to talk a little bit about how coronavirus and COVID has impacted some of the work that you do. Gabby, I'm wondering if you can talk about, um, has your call lines experienced any major changes since COVID took place? And, and have you been able to, you know, what's happened for you guys in this time of COVID? Yeah, absolutely. That's a really great question. Um, and one that I think a lot of people are probably wondering um, about our services. So when COVID first hit, we were definitely getting a lot of contacts about you know, specifically related to, um, you know, the changing of the school year and changing social lives and dynamics and, you know, people's plans being derailed that they had had, you know, basically for all of their lives, you know, in terms of college and graduation. And so we saw a big uptick in those kinds of contacts. Um, yeah. Since then, I mean, we've still, you know, had an increased number of contacts, but we're also projected to take a lot um, more contacts this year than any other years, you know, I mean, every year our growth is, um, you know, going up and up as more people hear about our services. Um, and, you know, the word gets out. So it's, it's kind of hard to, um, like, you can't really determine whether or not COVID is directly responsible for, um, like all of the increase or how much of the increase, but yeah, we've definitely had a lot of people reaching out about, a lot of COVID specific, COVID specific issues. What do you What do you talk to when somebody calls about COVID? What do you say? Yeah, um, I mean, I think it definitely depends, like contact by contact. Um, you know, everyone is affected by this. Everyone is affected in different ways. So I think there's just a lot of like empathizing. You know, that when people reach out and you know are you know feeling isolated or feeling really sad about lost opportunities, you know being able to let someone know, like, you know, you're not alone in this. Um, mm -hmm. Even if it feels like you're alone and like you're being disproportionately affected, like, you know, like you're not the only one experiencing this. And also just empathizing, like it's really, really difficult to have the trajectory of all of these events that you were excited for and planning on, you know, change at the drop of a hat. Uh, but also just, you know, offering a message of hope that like, you know, it's not always going to be like this too. That's so true. So free to welcome back. I know sometimes we all have those like experiences where we <laughs> drop in and out. And, and I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you to tell us what is digital for good? And how does that work? Yeah, definitely. Uh, digital for good is our big event that happens once each year. And it's an event where we highlight and showcase students who are using digital media for good. It could be on, so on Twitter, Facebook, any of the social platforms. Our winners are always so amazing, and many have their own organizations, 
Some have created apps and social media accounts that spread a beautiful message and spread positivity. We have mentors that come and speak at our events, just like this one. Um, past winners, some interns get to come, specialists, and of course the winners themselves. Uh, it is an overall great event where students and their teachers can attend to learn about these amazing people and their projects and how to deal with social media problems and overall on how they can help. You can also host a watch party from your home, meaning if you don't get to go to the event, you can watch it from where you are, which is super cool because anyone can be joining into Digital for Good. And also, I think as Gabby said, um, COVID-19 has made some changes in our plans, but we're definitely gonna try um, to boost Digital for Good, even if it's a little later in the year, but we're super excited to still be working on it. Well, you know, I got to attend Digital for Good a couple of years ago when you were hosted down at Google. And and I think last year you were at Facebook, right? If I remember correctly? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so it's been, this has been going on for a long time and it's a very, very cool project. I would encourage our listeners to, to look up Digital for Good and check out some of the really cool programs that have come out of Digital for Good. Joey, I want you to talk about something that's especially close to my heart. Talk to Be Well and the Talk to Be Well podcast. What can you tell us about the podcast program and, and what is now our new Facebook Live platform? Um, well, this is actually my first Talk to Be Well, so I'm not too familiar with them. But I do know that um, I think we put them out like two times a month. I think we do two a month. Correct me if Sometimes I'm wrong. Sometimes we do more. You're doing good. Sometimes. Um, but basically, it's a podcast where we get um, some of the students who are on the Work to Be Well board to talk about different topics, um, whether it be relationships or um, guns in our schools. And I think the podcasts are great. They're really um, interesting to listen to. You get a lot of ideas that you are, are like points of view you had never even thought about. Um, and it's just really comforting to know that like people can have the same thoughts as you or that people can share their opinions and like explain them clearly so you can see the other side. Well, and, and thank you for letting me put you on the spot. We, uh, prior to COVID in the pre COVID times, we would all gather in a room together and we often had guests from Youthline and hashtag I can help join the work to be well board. And we would talk about things like, anxiety, depression, um, suicide, consent. Um, we had a very, very powerful episode, uh, which you can find at our website, Work To Be Well, on school shootings and the impact of school shooter drill anxiety, which is a real thing. Um, so we had some very powerful episodes when COVID hit. We couldn't gather together anymore. And so our social media team at Providence found us this wonderful platform and said, let's do it live. And then you'll find our episodes get repackaged as podcasts and put on the website at Work To Be Well. But it's always such a pleasure to have other organizations um, join us and talk with us about what it is that you're doing. Because, you know, being now in social media, for me, uh, you know, working with this podcast, working with this group, we're trying to turn social media into a positive space. I know why I do this, but I wanna know from each of you, why is it important that social media really be a safe and, and positive space? And, and what are some of the positives and negatives that you see, especially in this time of COVID where this is where you live? Um, Frida, you wanna kick us off? Yeah, of course, I'd love to. 
Um, as you said, Dr. Robin, many teens and kids are and students are using um, the internet and social media now, so it's very important to keep it positive and going. But some positives are that they're an amazing, there are amazing positive accounts, such as I can help or to be well, all of these, um, that people can follow and get involved in. And also for students that they can share their passion with fun content, which could be their hobbies, such as dance, gymnastics, anything they love to do, which is super cool and others can see it. But some negatives are that teens are getting cyber bullied a lot on social media, especially in this day and age. We see a lot of that and that's what we're trying to help and make social media more positive. And another important topic is cancel culture. It's a real thing that's happening today. And it's a part of one of the curriculums that we do at Hashtag I Can Help. And it's just very important to inform the teens on what's going on. And it's just good to know both of them, knowing that there's some negatives and positives to fix it, to make it more positive. Gabby, at Eline, I'm sure you talk to people who've been impacted by social media. What do you see from your perspective? Yeah, um, I think social media definitely, um, you know, has its ways in which it's, it can be very beneficial for people. Um, it also definitely has its downfalls. Um, I think it's a common experience that, um, you know, it can cause a lot of stress, um, you know, being being online and feeling like you have to present yourself a certain way, feeling like you have to present your ideas a certain way, um, and kind of engaging in all of the norms and standards um, that there are online. I think one thing that we see, though, is the power that social media has um, as a tool for education and community building. I think especially recently we've seen um, just the the power that um, of, you know, education and, um, you know, not just with mental health, but, you know, just in general, the way that information can spread so quickly. I mean, you know, that's, that can definitely be a downside in some situations, but um, in, in a lot of different areas, you know, people are being given access to information that they never would have learned um, or had access mm -hmm. to uh, without social media. And I think that's really invaluable in a lot of different um, areas. I think mental health specifically, um, uh, another way that social media is super beneficial is that people are able to find communities online um, where they can find support um, with mental health. And, you know, especially if you're in a community that doesn't have as you know positive beliefs um, and a culture around mental health or mental illness, uh, having access to other people who, you know, can validate you and your experiences, you know, and and normalize what you're going through is also really special and important. So, Joey, I know um, social media has been an important part of work to be well, um, you know, using that Instagram platform and some of the other places. Uh, why is it important for work to be well to be involved in social media? Um, I think that's social media is like, obviously, like um, Gabby was saying and Frida was saying, it's a great place to like spread information and spread awareness about things. But there's a lot of downfalls about people who feel like um, they see all these things and they get really like stressed about what can they do or um, sometimes people can feel sort of powerless and helpless. 
And so I feel like it's good to spread that positivity through social media to show people that um, like it's okay to feel bad and it's okay that they can feel stressed about these things, but they always just need to take a step back and take, take a deep breath. Um, and especially since COVID hit, I feel like many more people are on social media. Um, mm -hmm. They have a lot more free time to just, you know, sit on their phones. And so we just have to be sure that we can, we can be on the front lines to combat any like uh, negative feelings and negative people that are on social media. So um, when we look at uh, issues of, of why is it important for teens to talk about mental health? Um, Gabby, from a youth line perspective, why is that important for you? Yeah, well, I think that we're really setting the standard for how um, mental, mental health and mental illness are going to be perceived um, pretty much, I mean, you know, for the future, you know, we are the next generation. Um, and we have so much power in shaping the conversations that people have around mental health. And so I think it's so important that teens are involved in this conversation, you know, because what we have to say and our perspectives and experiences are really valuable. Um, and I think that teenagers have been kind of like, you know, shuffled to the side or discounted for um, a lot of these um, conversations around really important topics. And I think we're seeing um, over the past couple of years, just the power that young people have in our motivation and our knowledge, um, you know, in so many issues. You know, I, I, I think that the, you know, the microphone and the space that Youthline has to really be that expert um, coming in in the trained perspective uh, is so very, very, very important. Frida, I know Hashtag I can help while not directly going at mental health. You're in it. I mean, that's part of what it is that you deal with it. Why do you think it's important that you use the hashtag I can help platform to lift up issues of mental health? Yeah, definitely. As you said, we also like to share. That's why we love being with Providence Health and Youthline, Work to Be Well, Wellbeing Trust, because we get to share their resources as well. And we get to share the message, which is super cool. It's very important to talk about mental health because one in five people experience a mental health condition, but five in five have mental health. And that's very important to know. And I always repost that because everyone forgets that we all have mental health and it's important that's to right. talk about it. And I believe Gabby also said it, we have to break the stigma or break the ice about making mental health topics and talks normal and for teens to be able to be comfortable talking it and sharing the message. And it's important to take care of your mental health because sometimes we get so overwhelmed with events, tests, anything, and we just need time for ourselves and time to have some self-care, self-care Sunday, which we love to call it and help. And we just love being able to share this message with everyone. And it's good for teens to learn about it because that way they can share the message with their peers their family and help, and then spread the I will help. And my I will help is that I will start the conversation. That was awesome. And I love self-care Sunday. I think, I think that should be a must have for everybody. Joey, I know work to be well was founded with this idea of getting teens to, to talk about mental health. 
And, and I know you and I have talked in the past about what brought you into this. For you, why was it important to join Work To Be Well and why is it important to talk about mental health? Um, it was really important for me to talk about or to join Work To Be Well to talk about mental health because um, I had faced some difficulties in middle school with mental health and I know my sister also had um, during her high school career. And so I just, just knowing that it impacted us both, I thought about the impact it must have on everyone else. And no one had ever really talked about it. Um, but I, once I started getting into like the data and the statistics, I realized how common it is for everyone to have um, anxiety and mental health issues, and but no one ever talked about it. So I think it's really important that we break that stigma so that we can talk about mental health openly. Because especially in Oregon, um, suicide among teens is the highest, well, is the second highest cause of death um, other than car accidents. But oh. and I just... <laughs> I was but, gonna say, uh, the, the, the new data says it's now, unfortunately, it's now number one. Oh, leading cause of death for young people between the age of ten and twenty-four. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think a big part of that is the stigma around it, and people yep. feeling like they have nowhere to go for help. That it's something that is wrong with them. But if we can open up the conversation about that and show people that. Mm -hmm feeling bad is okay and that they always have someone they can turn to. That will help the conversation a lot. You know, I think that gets us to, to really talking about what are those coping skills? I know Gabby at Youthline, you talk about coping skills for mental health. That's what you're there for, that's what you do. Um, what are your go-to mental health coping skills? Uh, for me, well, um, I mean, I, you know, I like having a cup of tea, you know, if I'm ever feeling stressed out. I think it really varies for everyone. Um, you know, I also like watching Netflix. I know that's, you know, one that's pretty popular among people my age, you know, just to like sit back and tune out for a second. Um, yeah, coping skills are so important um, for a lot of the contacts that we take you know, it's, it's not about, it's, well, it's never about solving our contacts issues, but a lot of the contacts we take, um, really the priority is just getting them through the night. Um, and coping skills are usually a, a, the main part of that. Bria, how about you? What's your go-to, what's your go-to mental health coping skill? Yeah, my go-to is always the emotional first aid kit which consists of the senses, which we like to call the smells, the touches, and everything of that. And our workshops um, with I Can Help, we actually just had one this Monday. Um, it shares all of this, and it's a part of the curriculum. It's so cool because the Emotional First Aid Kit, as Gabby says, something that I want to go to. So it could be Netflix for sight. It could be yeah. uh, a stuffed animal for touch, or it could be uh, essential oils for smell. And just having your list of of all these things, it's so important and necessary. So we can all look back to it when we need it. And when we just want a sense of comfort in your in yourself and having just around you is super cool. So I love always using the emotional first aid kit. Oh, I love that. Yes, we have a great piece of curriculum uh, on emotional first aid kits. 
that you can find at the Work to Be Well website. Uh, there's an entire set of curriculum that you can make your own emotional first aid kit. And I think we even have some uh, playlists that go along uh, if, for different people if you're interested. Uh, Joey, how about you? What's your go-to skill? Um, probably just relaxing with my dog and watching some Netflix. Um, I also really like hammocking. Really hammocking. Relaxing. Okay, what is hammocking? Got to tell us what hammocking um, is. Like when you strap up the big hammock between two trees, take a nap in there. <laughs> nice. All right, that works Thank for you. me. So I, I want to ask, you know, each of you, um, think about if you could highlight one thing about your organization that's special and unique um, that you volunteer with that's made it the most worthwhile to you, what would that one thing be? Frida, I'm going to start with you. Yeah, there's so many great aspects and things to be a part of I Can Help. It's amazing. But definitely one of the things that have made it worthwhile is definitely the family we have created, the beautiful message we get to share together. So we're not only a team, we are family. We work all together to share our social medias and we get to make social media and the internet a better, more positive place. And getting to learn and share everything we do makes me feel good, makes everyone else feel good. And just having the community to be around, I think that's the best support you can have. Joey, how about you? What what makes work to be well worthwhile? Um, I would have to agree with Frida. Definitely the students on the board with me. Um, it just feels so amazing to be around a group of students who are so passionate about something that I'm also passionate about. Um, and it feels so good to just be able to relate with other people about the issues that you deeply care about um, and being able to spread information on that and have different ideas on how you can do that better. Awesome. Awesome. Gabby, what makes you flying worthwhile? Oh, I can't just pick one thing, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I would say, I would say that consistently whenever I um, go to shift or, you know, I go to a, a youth line outreach event, I always leave feeling better and happier and more empowered um, than I felt when I came there initially. So I would say um, some of the most, most important things that I um, have taken from my experience at Youthline um, as a volunteer and now as an intern um, are just the sense of community. I just feel so at home here. Um, like Joeen Frida said, um, having a community of other people who are also passionate about what you're passionate about um, and are, are putting in the hours to do this work is so incredible. It's just an amazing space to be in that I'm so grateful for. And um, yeah, I just feel really grateful to do the work that um, I do on the lines. That's, you know, that's why we're here um, and why, you know, why um, people come to Youthline. And that is, you know, it's like the heart of what we do. And that is so fulfilling um, as well. But I, yeah, I just, I just love it. <laughs> Well, these are three amazing organizations. And, and as we wrap up our time here today, because time always flies on Talk to Be Well, I'm wondering if each of you can highlight, I know we've inspired a bunch of teens to get involved with your organizations. So I'm going to put you on the spot and I'm going to ask, 
how do you get involved? We're going to lead off with uh, Joey. How do you get involved with Work to Be Well? Um, so for this year, our applications are opening sometime this later this month. I'm pretty sure they will be talking about the applications in later Talk to Be Wells. But you can also check our website, um, worktobewell.org, um, where we will post the application. Um, and then once you fill out an application, um, it's reviewed, and then hopefully you'll get in. Awesome. Frida, how can I how can I join the team at hashtag I can help? Yeah. Um, we can you can become a volunteer. Um, you we already have our spots for specialists and interns, but becoming a volunteer is always open. We always have projects you can work on and people can always help with anything. And just by interacting with us on our socials, if you have anything, message us on Instagram, uh, any of our socials, and we're almost to ten thousand followers, which will make us better. Uh, outreach because we'll have more features. So it's super cool if you can interact with us. Oh, awesome. That sounds awesome. And Gabby, how can I volunteer for Youthline? Yeah, totally. So if you are um, 15 to 19 and you're in the Portland metro area or the central Oregon, um, like the Tri-Cities area, um, you can volunteer with us. So we do multiple trainings a year. Um, they've been impacted by COVID, um, definitely, but we have one training now set for December and we're um, thinking about potentially doing another training sometime um, in between now and that training. And um, if you want to volunteer, you can go to our website, which is OregonYouthLine.org, or um, yeah, you can reach out to us by email. Well, I want to thank you, Joey, Frida, and Gabby, for joining me today. It has been absolutely amazing talking with you about your organizations, Work to Be Well, Hashtag I Can Help, and Youthline, of course. I want to thank everyone for listening and being part of our conversation today. If you are looking for help with your mental health or other medical advice, please visit Providence.org. And for more information about Work to Be Well, Hashtag I Can Help, or Youthline, go to our various websites and we will have links to all of those websites at worktobewell.org. That's work the number two, bewell.org. I am your host, Dr. Robin Henderson. You can follow me on Instagram at Henderson. Make sure to follow worktobewell.org and Providence on Twitter under Providence Health System on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, all those platforms for Work to Be Well as well. Thank you so much to our guests. Have a fabulous day and be well.